You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, You may be seated. Uh, Welcome to our friends on Zoom. We're really glad you're with us today also. I'm Bill White. I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, and this is Donna Berkland. Hi, everyone. Yes, she is. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we good? All right. She's cool. not quite as loud as. I'm not as loud as you. Yeah, I know. Dave, I, know. I was telling you, you got to turn my mic a little higher so I can uh, over overpower uh, yeah. Bill. Well, good luck. But. Um, so, uh, City Church of Long Beach, we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. That's who we are. That's what we're about. And today is a particularly special day because Donna Berkland is being ordained as an elder in our church. And as such, not just as an elder, but as an elder to be sent out as a pastor. She's starting, she and her friend Gabe Francis are starting a church in Orange County in September. And so we're super excited. It's a big day. Yeah, it's such an honor to be here. And for those of you, uh, I know Bill just gave the vision statement for City oh, Church. Yeah. Oh, hey, step I over could... here because the yeah. people on Zoom want to see oh. you and they're right there. Sorry. So say hi to the nice people hi, on Zoom. Zoom. Hey. I hey, know guys. there's some people that I know that are on there. So there thanks for being here, Zoomers. Um, is that even, is that a generation? I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh, so safe Harbor is, I guess we would call safe Harbor our like daughter, your daughter church, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but safe Harbor, we actually have our own vision statement. Please. I figure I can share it with all city church. This might be the first time you've heard it, but, um, we are a Jesus centered community reimagining inclusive spaces to rest, restore, belong and become. So that's our little vision. Oh man, that was good, yeah. huh? I like that. Fun. Thank that you. was really good. So, um, uh, one of the things we like to do, I, I'm like, where where am I? Where, do we, where 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 are we at this in the service? But I think we're going to pray for our kids. Um, we love kids at City Church. Uh, we love the kids here at Lafayette Elementary School and everywhere else. Uh, and so we are going to pray a blessing on them. Israel Rubio, if you would come on down. Israel Rubio is one of our many educators in the midst. Uh, you get a little time this summer? You got a few weeks off? Yeah, back at it now, but no, get some good time off. Get okay. time off so. Well, would you pray for our kids and then Absolutely. we'll send them out? Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you uh, so much for the kids uh, in this congregation and for the kids in this community. Uh, thank you for all the ways they are continuing to humble us and to teach us uh, new new ways of looking at the world or reminding us of, of how we could look at the world in fresh, with fresh eyes. Uh, we pray for their caregivers, their caretakers, parents, and, and uh, all the adults that have influence in their lives. Uh, we pray for all the students uh, of Lafayette this summer. They continue to, to grow and be ready uh, to come back in, uh, in the fall and for their teachers and administrators of their school as well. We pray for this day, and uh, thank you so much for those that are working with our little ones to invest in them and be with them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have a nursery from zero. I, had, I pulled it up on the oh, thing so I can say, I can say exactly show. right. Uh, from zero to three years old. That's our nursery. And if you have any children from pre-K through fifth grade, they are invited to come here and join our awesome leaders and have a great time this morning. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, Israel. Appreciate that. So kiddos, you can head out if you want with our fearless leaders. Oh, look at all these good people. Oh, great people. Yes. Um, so we are in a sermon series this summer. We are looking at the theme of rest and refocus, which actually fits really well with your mission statement as yeah. a church. Um, and 
so we've been looking at some different aspects of it, and today we're going to try to look at some, some of the basic practices that help us rest and refocus. And so we are going to look at a little passage out of Mark chapter 1. And, uh, yeah, our, our very own uh, Daniel Ramos is going to come up and read scripture for us today. There you go. So Daniel, Daniel Ramos, welcome. Oh, and by the way, uh, you may have noticed that our... Uh, our screen is out. We heard a pop, and we believe that our projector has died. So thank you for many years. I feel like years. I'm a teacher again. <laughs> many years of loving service. Hopefully we'll have that fixed by next week. So there were going to be some slides that were really brilliant, um, and you would have thought, wow, they're really that smart. But now you just have us. Uh, uh, Daniel, the scripture. And oh, Daniel. We stand, yeah. in, we stand <laughs> when uh, we read scripture around City Church. Yeah. Awesome. Well, our reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. God, this is the word of God. You may be seated. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate that. Um, so, so here's this passage. Jesus gets up. He goes off. He gets some nice quiet. Um, and his friends, they're called disciples. They're students. They run after him. They try to find him. They're like, man, where did you go? Right? What? What are, you, what are you doing? You've got to come back. You did all these healings yesterday. You're really popular. This is our chance. Maybe we could take an offering. You know, I don't know what they're thinking. But, and so it, it says that Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. There's all this noise around Jesus telling him what he needs to do. Turns out he does not respond to the noise. He responds differently. And I would imagine there's a lot of noise in our lives. For some of us, maybe it's a little bit less during summertime. Maybe for some of us, it's a little bit more. But there's noise. And so I wanted to hear from Donna. What, what is it like for you? You're trying to start this church. Have you had any experience with other voices coming in saying, hey, you got to do this. No, you got to do that. Or don't do it. Don't plant a church. Or don't do anything yeah. at all. <laughs> Leave us alone. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just a, few, a few voices. No, a lot of voices that I have experienced since the beginning of this journey. Um, planning a church brings up a lot of emotions for a lot of different people, a lot of valid emotions. For a lot of different people, there's been a number of people who have been harmed by the church. There's been a number of people who have religious trauma. And so we, I specifically, and also Gabe, Francis, we are very sensitive to how the church has harmed. And that's kind of why we have our vision statement the way it is. We want to rest, restore, belong, and become, and also be inclusive. And so um, what's been really hard and really good at the same time is this weird both and is COVID-19. We started planning during like season two of the pandemic. Um, and as we were planting, I started to notice 
some good happen online, specifically social media. So I'll get to the bad part of social media in a minute, so hold tight. But the good, what I noticed is that voices that weren't often or aren't often centered in the church were now getting amplified. They were finding a platform to speak on things that are important as it relates to not just church harm, but also God, also Jesus, also what it looks like to follow Jesus and how maybe a lot of parts of the church have strayed away from the original teachings of Jesus. So there's some good noise. So yeah, there's some there's good like, noise. You're like, you're like, oh, hey, I like the sound. Of I that. like That's this. And I've learned a lot. Like mm -hmm. we started book clubs because of these people. Mm -hmm. We have all these books we've been reading. It's been awesome. Not just shock, but also city church. Mm -hmm. And so there's been some good there. And I often say that shock would not exist without Instagram. <laughs> we, you know, if, if anyone knows Donna, she know, you know that Donna and Instagram are very close. Yeah, and, and it's ironic because I hate social media, so there's that. Wow. Anyways, so it's been such a good space for us to find people and for them to find us, and especially during COVID when we're all isolated, so it's hard to kind of get out. Um, and so it's been just a really great um, positive experience in a lot of ways on social media. On the flip side, I'll get to the bad part. So I studied mass media um, theory in my master's, and there were two things that I noticed in my research, and, and this relates to social media, of course, is that uh, social media is not very regulated, <laughs> not very regulated, as we all know. And then also, we are bombarded with so much information at once. There's so much noise online, so many opinions from everywhere. And so it can get very overwhelming, especially for someone who thought it was a good idea to church plan During, in the middle of COVID. Yeah, yeah such a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, so and, what, are, what are some of those things that have been like thrown at you? Like, hey, you got to do this or you can't do that? Or... Yeah, I think, I think uh, what's hard with church planning is we're trying to plant something different. Mm -hmm. And the only frameworks that we really can draw from is some people that have done it for a long time or have done it forever. So there's a very, there's this assumption, oh, this is the only way. Old people like me? Kind of. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Donna, why don't you come over here a little bit more? I the know, I'm Zoom sorry. Gonna, they're going to be missing you right, right there. I, Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so there are these, there are the old people like me who are like, oh, you have to do it this way. To do it this way, do it that way, or you need to have services every week. Mm -hmm. Do we really need to have services every week? You know, stats show that the most, like, pe the most people only come twice every month, the majority of people, so that's an interesting I mean, not stat. here, everyone here is very, Not here, everyone very... comes here every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Just okay. things like that, you know, we're reimagining what it looks like to do church. Maybe church, there's other weekly rhythms we can think of. And you had other people tell you, like, not even to do church at all? Like, you had some yeah. people angry with you a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I was expecting a certain subgroup of people, I won't name names, uh, that would get kind of frustrated with the type of church we're building, especially because it's LGBTQ affirming and, you know, we're very big on inclusion. And so we were very, you know, I was expecting some some uh, yeah. pushback. But what was interesting is I started getting pushback from a lot of the people that I resonate with, like Feel with beliefs mm -hmm. and vision and all this stuff. And so we're finding that we kind of just make everyone mad <laughs> because we're breaking all the rules. <laughs> but and, those, yeah. those are more the like the mainline main Methodist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, all that. So we're kind of making everyone mad. <laughs> okay. um, but on the flip side, a lot of people like that we break the rules. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually getting people who are down to break the rules with us. Right, right. 
So, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and that's so that's kind of a little bit of what's going on in this passage. So here's Jesus. He's getting away. He's trying to refocus, and there are all these voices, right? I don't know if you ever feel plagued by like social media, like all these, like, oh, I got to check in on this or check in on that. Or, or mom and dad are saying, oh, you can't do that. Or, oh, you got to do this. And what Jesus does is he, he gets away. He finds some quiet. And when he comes out of that, he has all this, this sense of focus, right? His friends are like, there's all this just chatter. Hey, we've been looking for you everywhere, they say. La, 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 la. And Jesus responds in verse 38, let us go somewhere else. We're not going where you want me to go. To the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So there's something magical happened in this time away. There are all the voices, a lot of clutter in the mind. But the time away allowed Jesus to say, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not going there. I'm going here. And that's just a really powerful force to have that internal clarity. Right? Doesn't, I mean, that, that will change you if you say, no, this, this is who. I am. This is what I do. Um, and so I wanted to come back to Dunn and Berkeley and say, well, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you're, you're perfect. Like you stood up here and you gave this super clear vision statement. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Like how, how, how did that happen? And how do you stay centered? Yeah, how do I recenter with all the noise? Yeah, how do you recenter? Yeah. Well, first off, I take Zoloft, so that really helps. <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend. Thank you. I got some snaps. Are we all met? Raise your hand if you're Medicaid. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> all the hands. All of us out. raise our hands. Um, no, no, but again, yeah, medication's great. That is a great for recentering. <laughs> but I think Jesus models this so well in this chapter. He literally goes away. He gets away from all the noise, like physically, not just in his mind, but physically. And that's something I have to do. And I can think of actually two big, and there's so many, but I can think of two big ways that I've seen um, myself just have to get away from the noise. And the first way was actually the first day I, we decided, or I decided, I was going to try to plant a church. Um, it was December of 2020, or November, winter of 2020, and Charles and I were, that's my husband, by the way, uh, we were moving out of Fullerton. I was locking up shop in our old apartment. There was nothing in it. It was just me, and I just sat on the floor. And I started just feeling so grateful for the season I had in this apartment complex, because I had so many years and memories there. Um, and I had so many just powerful experiences. And I remember after that time of gratitude, I just had a wave of emotion and I started crying. And I realized uh, that we were gonna do this thing, that we were gonna plant a church, that this was the next chapter. And I felt so alone. <laughs> I felt so alone. It was like the winter of 2020, Grant, you like, there's this, deconstruction movement going on online. It's blowing up. 
Um, people are starting to name and identify religious trauma that they've experienced or church trauma that they've experienced and because they have that platform, right? And so there's just all this going on. And so the big question for me was, should the church die or is it willing to change? And I still sit with that question. I don't have an answer for that yet, Bill. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, but I sat with that question. It's like, well, we're going to try. We're going to see if we can change. They're on the floor in your old They're on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember this wave, and I, I identify it as a spirit. I think it was the spirit. Some people call it an energy or a feeling, but I see it as a spirit. Uh, I really sense the spirit just say, you will not be alone. You will not be alone, because I felt very alone. And I just took it. I just took that, that, that voice. Out of all the voices, I took that voice, and I held tight to that. And then as, you know, we started this journey, I told let, Bill and Brett, oh, yeah, let, go for I, it. Just, yeah. Out of all the voices, I chose that. I listened to that voice. Yeah. Like, did you hear that? Like, th this is what it's like, people. Because you got all the voices, right? Are you going to be able to discern what is that voice? That voice. I mean, that's just so powerful, Donna. Thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just No, so that was great. Yeah. That was so good. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for just sitting with that for a minute. So, yeah, we started okay, this I, I, I totally interrupted your flow. I don't know where you yeah, are. Yeah, no, I, I, I got I am, it. No, I got it. We're good. good. Okay, We're good. good. You go. You um, go. So, yeah, so then I told Bill and Brenna, I told Charles, and those were my three cheerleaders. <laughs> it started with those three. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing until we have just this already vibrant and beautiful community at Shock. I can't, I have no words for how beautiful it is. And then there's a second time. Can I show the second time too? Okay. So the second time, um, I actually worked two jobs at one point. I was planning Shock, but I was also working at a nonprofit. I was a teacher. That's another story for another time but I was also working at a nonprofit, and it just got to the point, I think it was after our first gathering of last year, I was just like, I cannot do both jobs. I cannot do both jobs, there's too much going on. But somehow we're gonna have to pay the bills. And so I had this choice, okay, do I quit my job without knowing how we're gonna get money or whatnot? And so I found another floor, I think it was my room, just me and floors, right? And I go on the floor and I'm just, alone in my room and I'm just sitting and I just again feel that same energy that again how I would identify as a spirit and just come over me and be like I got this I got this it's fine so it's were, again were you crying oh, oh yeah of course okay of course. I'm just checking to make that's sure a, I've got all the ingredients that's a given that's a given we always cry <laughs> on the floor that's 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 the thing okay. um so I'm crying and uh I just felt that wave of peace and I held to that peace and I quit my job and then my first day working full-time-ish, I say full-time-ish because I'm technically only supposed to work 30 hours. Yeah, you know, technically. sure, sure. Um, uh, Charles comes downstairs, he works from home, and he's like, Donna, this is my first day on the job. He's, I'm like, what? And he's like, I got a promotion. <laughs> I was like, you got a promotion? I'm like, okay, what does that mean financially? <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like, and he told me the number and it covered more than what I was making at United Way. That's amazing. And so just like, and those are just two moments, just two. There's so many other moments. I could tell you about the lawyer that found us and works pro bono for us. I can tell you, you know, just like weird shorts. stuff, yeah. weird stuff. So I, yeah, I, I just, and it all came back to listening to that one voice because yeah. I was able to get away. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting that, so she decides to 
to do this, to quit her job and to work, and that it's not until the first day that you get the, you know, Charles gets the promotion, right? I mean, there's a sense of you refocused and went out, and God said, yeah, I see you. Yeah. I got you covered. Yeah. Mm, so good. Um, so we're going to spend the rest of our time thinking a little bit about these sorts of practices. So Donna has a deep spiritual practice of sitting on floors. And crying. And crying. Yeah. Um, which that may be one of your spiritual practices. It may not be. Um, but there, there are different ones. So this is, this is what the, the, the passage says uh, that, we, we, that Daniel read earlier. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And there, there are a few components here. Um, and this, I don't think this is a, um, like a recipe, like this is magic. You do this and then presto, God jumps yeah. out of a box and yeah. <laughs> gives you a raise, right? I mean, sure, sometimes that happens. Yeah. But it is, it, it may not be a, a recipe, but it is a picture that's helpful. It's this picture of Jesus got up while it was early, right? It's, it's a sense of um, the first things coming first, prioritizing. And it was still dark, it says. There's something about darkness that excludes other things, right? And he went to a solitary place. He left the house. He went where he could be alone, where he could be quiet. It's a voluntary surrendering of stimuli. Like I'm, I'm not going to be stimulated by this. I'm going to put down my phone in the other room. I'm going to you know, light a candle and turn off the lights. I'm going to go to that you know, little spot in the backyard right, or on my balcony, or whatever it is, um, where it's a quiet place. The, the idea that Jesus has practices, things that he, that he actually does physically with his body that help him focus, remember his purpose, meet with God, right? These, these are the things that Jesus is doing here. Um, one of the, the old saints... Um, Henry Nouwen, he writes this. We have to fashion our own desert where we can withdraw every day, shake off our compulsions, and dwell in the gently healing presence of our Lord. Jesus went, literally it says, into the wilderness, into the desert. Henry Nouwen is inviting us, what if we created some of our own deserts? some places where there's less distraction, less noise. Because, man, the noise is there. And our need for purpose remains. And how will we access it? So, Donna, tell us about a couple of the practices that help you, some of the big picture practices. Yeah, aside from on the floor, crying. Yeah, I mean, that, and honestly, that's a great one. I mean, yeah, no, it is. That's, that's huge. So, <laughs> but yeah, tell, tell us yeah, more well, about maybe places or right. things or bodily things that you do or whatever. Right, yeah. So this place, I actually 
I don't know if I've told anyone this, not even Charles, but there's a place I go. Um, I've gone since I was 17. And I go, I go off and on, maybe every season or, you know, every, like, life transition or something that's hard. But I always go to this hilltop where I grew up, and I just look at the panorama of the hills. And it's just this beautiful, just, space. I know Dottie last week talked a lot about nature and how it can be a very healing for us. And it reminded me so much, I think it's all connected to indigenous spirituality. And I think online I'll try to tag City Church and put some, some indigenous spirituality books that I think are really, really great and powerful that talk about nature as a healing source. And I also find nature as a, as a space where I meet God. And I think, yeah, so I recenter a lot in nature, specifically on this hilltop. And I think what's so beautiful about this hilltop is that I've been doing this since 17. So what is that, 13? I'm 30 next month, mm -hmm. 13 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my faith has evolved drastically, like so much. It's changed so much over the years. But the way that I connect with God is still the same. And I find that so beautiful. Um, and so it's just this element of consistency in my faith. Because as things change, ebb and flow, I still have this space where I can meet God, especially with all the noise. Um, and then another one, which kind of started more consistently during COVID, and that was walking. Um, because if you remember, back in season one of the pandemic, the only thing we could really do um, is like either be in our house or go on a walk. So I would go on walks. And I've just found we have a very walkable space where I live now and because I'm in a downtown area. And I just walk around in the morning, maybe every other day. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really powerful experience to just like pay attention to the people that are around me, pay attention to, you know, the flowers, you know, so it's a very mindful walk. And so that's been very just centering for me. And then um, another one is writing. So since the pandemic actually started, back in March of 2020, I've been blogging again, and I haven't blogged in a while. And so that's just been a really great space for me every month to just kind of process the month, things that I've learned, things that I'm learning, and kind of make sense of it or put words to it or from, you know, story or something around it. So yeah, those are my practices. But I'm noticing as I'm talking that these are like big like, they're not consistent, and they're not little. They're, they take a lot of time. Writing a blog post takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Walking in the morning takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But not all of us have that time. <laughs> you know, this is my job. My job is to walk around and befriend the neighbors. You know, my job is to write a blog post. You're like but a paid Christian. I'm a paid Christian, yeah. <laughs> um, but not everyone's a paid Christian. And so it's just unrealistic to think, oh, everyone can do this, right? And I think it's more realistic to think of maybe smaller practices and maybe more consistent practices. Mm -hmm. And so, Bill, I noticed that you wrote a blog post this week. I and did. that You did. And this blog post was titled Micro Practices. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, as well as them, I'm sure. Oh, they're dying. I'm yeah, they're dying. They're, 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 yeah. What is micro practices? <laughs> How do you do them? What, what do you mean by this? I want to hear more. I'm curious. Yes. So, so Don is talking about like a sacred space, uh, sacred actions, um, sacred time, these things, which are hugely valuable, kind of these macro things like Jesus getting away and um, 
micro practices, actually it's a word that Katie brought home. Um, she listened to some blog and I was like, what is that? And so started doing a little reading. And a, a micro practice, the way that, that, that I'm trying to define it is it's, um, it's something you can do that takes less than a minute and has a disproportionately large positive outcome. Okay, and so, for example, so Katie and I, a, a couple years ago, she was um, moving into the season of, of trying to be more grateful. And she's, she's always um, actually assigned her patients, um, she does medical care, so she'll assign them like, hey, uh, this is your, you know, she, she'd write it on, on the, um, yeah. what do you call it, prescription. Like, say three things every day that you're grateful for like that and take three of these pills, you know, like, <laughs> do that. You'll be fine. Um, all better. <laughs> all be well, I don't know. Maybe not all, but, but this idea of gratitude. And so she's like, Hey, why don't we start doing that? Like, Oh, right. Of course. Um, and so every night at bedtime, the first thing that we do, we get in bed, we turn off the lights and we say, what are three things that you're grateful for? And it takes us less than a minute. Um, except for the times when you fall asleep and then you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> and that probably took longer, but, yeah. uh, but it's great. And so it's a micro practice, but, and some of the micro practices are things that you learn. Um, I, I think of a couple of, of my micro practices have come up because of repeated frustration or pain. Uh, a lot of times we think of these interruptions in our life as um, kind of terrible things. Sometimes they can be a gift to teach us new ways to refocus, right? This whole idea of like, how do you get your focus back? And, and those are the bigger picture things. But so in a small way, so we have this back door that's got a code lock on it. And the code lock about, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe, I'm not sure when, it decided that, that after you activate the screen, it was going to take 15 seconds before it receives your code. And so my practice was to like pull on the handle and try to push until it would receive the, the code, right? And I, would, I did that for months on end and realized that all the anxiety from my day was coming out on this stupid, and I'd be like cursing the makers. I'm like, I'm going to write them an email. I'm going to, you know, shame them on social media. Like these bad, are the things. Bad, review. bad Google review. That's a bad yeah. Google review. And finally, at one point, I was like, this is so dumb. This is so, why am I fighting? I've got 15 seconds. Every day I go through that door. It's like, so this, this simple prayer came to mind from one of the Psalms in the Bible. Uh, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I was like, huh, yeah. What if I tried that? And so now I, I, I say that little verse and I'm like, okay, what energy am I bringing into the home? Right? Am I like, that energy? You know, yes, usually. So like, it's a chance for me, like Brenna Rubio, our, my co-pastor, she uh, put it, she calls it a threshold prayer to make, that kind of makes it sound like kind of cool, right? For me, it is not cool at all, but it's just, it's like survival. But it's a, it's, it's a micro practice, right? It's something yeah. I, I do multiple times a day because I go in and out of that door all the time. I don't carry my keys. And it helps me, like, refocus. Like, remember, okay, oh, there are going to be humans on the other side of that door. Like, <laughs> humans. What, 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 if, what if I loved them? 
Well, what if I don't take all the junk of my day in with me? So th those are some, yeah. and I, you know, I'm not sure what they are for you. They are, you have things that, I mean, some of us like to say prayers, um, say uh, gratitude when we sit down for a meal. That's mm -hmm. a micro practice. It's great. I mean, you have many of them. There are lots of breathing exercises, super helpful, um, like a Bible memory, or when you brush your teeth, you have a post-it that you put up each morning for one priority of your day. Or I mean, people, I don't do that. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> but people, I mean, these are the sorts of things. Like, what is it for you? You know, what are some of the bigger things, like a sacred space, a sacred place? What are some of the small things? Yeah that help us rest, not be so anxious and refocus. Uh, that's what we're, that's I mean, we're trying to be like Jesus, right? Yeah, Jesus-centered. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Trying to be re-centered like Jesus. Yeah.